This is Animals Voice Podcast, presented by the Ontario SPCA with 50 communities working together for animal welfare. We've got another great show for you on the way, so put your paws up, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Animals Voice Podcast. I'm having a conversation with Medrick Kuz Kuzino, talking about his service dog, Ty, but more than that, the necessity and importance that these service dogs play in the lives of the people that they're helping. I watched you earlier today, and you didn't know I was watching you. And I watched the crowd of people around you, and Ty is working. Ty is on duty. I think I saw three different requests from people wondering about touching Ty, or is Ty friendly, and oh, how cute. Tell me about that. How do you cope with that on a daily basis? Because Ty is working. Part of the, uh, and, which, and this actually will beg a second question, that'll, uh, which is kind of, kind of fun. But How long do we have the room booked for? We're going to be here a while. <laughs> you know, I'm teasing. This is amazing. Well, one, one of the things very clearly identified, it says, you know, service dogs, stop, do not pet. And part of that reason is she needs to remain focused on me mm-hmm. and not be distracted. If you think about it, she's kind of like a six-year-old kid. Yeah. Okay. She's kicking me right there. Or a 10-year-old kid <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. You know, she's got that intellect or that intellectual capacity, that kind of... Could you imagine if you had a, your child was writing a math test and somebody walked in and started poking your kid during the middle of the math test? Yeah. So the result wouldn't be so good. No, probably not. And so she needs to stay focused on her job. Of course. And her job is me. You know, especially if I'm, if I'm having one of those days where I, I just know I'm on edge and I, need, I know I'm going to need her to have her A game. I will be very adamant about please do not touch the dog. Mm -hmm. Also, as a service dog handler, you're an ambassador for another larger community, which is all other service dog handlers. Okay. Okay? So I don't want you to get the impression that interacting with my service dog is an acceptable demeanor Mm -hmm. or manner of operation because what happens if it's a dog that you can't? And I'll give you a perfect example. I have a really dear friend of mine back where we live. I learned a lot about becoming an effective service dog handler from her. And she is blind and lives with a guide dog. And she is now has her third guide dog, and his name's Noble. And about a year and a bit ago, Noble started to have an issue. You know, obviously Brenda can't see what's going on. Mm-hmm. She can only feel what's going on in the leash. So I had the opportunity because the school asked the vet, the vet in the school, and they wanted somebody who had the experience of operating with a service dog to go out and operate with Noble in the community for a little bit. So I got to test drive a service dog, (laughs) or a guide dog. Sure. Very cool experience. Because not just everybody gets to hang on to the end of a guide dog harness, and off you go. It didn't take long to figure out what was going on with Noble. That was the first hour. Second hour, I basically blindfolded myself and spent an hour in our community walking around on the end of a guide dog harness. Wow. Including walking across several busy streets. Wow. So for all of you out there that are listening, trust me, do not ever, ever, ever distract a guide dog. God help you, please don't. Because I can tell you, it is unbelievable. Nerving. I had seen Noble operate with Brendan. I knew he had all the stuff to be able to do his job. But I tell you one thing, you're standing there in the middle of the crosswalk and you can hear traffic 
but you can't see it, mm-hmm. and you're going like, buddy, just don't get this wrong, or I'm going to be a jam spot. Yeah. Yeah. And so as part of that process, I don't want somebody who's interacting with my dog to think that it's okay to interact with her dog. Certainly. Because right. that, you know, and people don't think about some of those bigger picture issues. It goes back to you saying that you're an advocate and an ambassador for not just service dogs, but also guide dogs, it sounds all like. All of us. Yeah. All service dogs are not guide dogs, but all guide dogs are service dogs. So, like, for example, uh, Ty had uh, her sister yesterday, Cayenne, did an amazing job working as a diabetic alert dog. Virtually kept a young girl from going into a diabetic coma. Amazing. Uh, her continuous glucose meter was reading 136 on the American scale. Cayenne kept alerting, and when they tested her blood sugar, it was 22, which is very close to being diabetic coma territory. Right. Whether they do diabetic work or they're an autism assist or mobility or hearing alert or post-traumatic stress or a guide dog for people with visual impairment, these dogs serve a medical purpose. You know, a lot of people like dogs. As handlers, we hear a lot of stories about either somebody's dog or somebody in their family's dog or I think humans and dogs is a pretty natural relationship. Sure. The hard part is to remember... And some people get mad when I say this, but she's actually my medical appliance. She's like a wheelchair for my brain. Okay. So it'd be kind of creepy if somebody walked over and said, hey, can I patch your wheelchair? Right, right. You that, just, that'd you, be creepy. You just hit the nail on the head. You know, you, you've been describing a bond, and the bond between you and Ty is so evident through every story you're sharing. I have two dogs at home, and when I get home, the devotion and love I feel when I walk in the door is one thing. The bond that I sense that you have with Ty and that handlers have with their service dogs, it's at a different level, and it's one I don't think I can understand other than through you and your, your stories. But here, here's another interesting question, and if I may, this is a question we get asked a lot. It's kind of a fun question. All the people say, does she ever get to be a dog? And I go, well, she, by genus, is a dog. She's furry, four-legged, floppy ears, wagging tail. Yes, she's a dog. But if the question you were really asking is, I think, the implied question, when she's not working, what is she like? Right. Does she get to be a dog? Well, we tell the joke around our house, if you believe in reincarnation, she used to be a paper shredder, and her nickname is Goofball. The toy stores call her Little Miss Destructo. Uh, she, uh, the, you know, the indestructible toy? Yeah, not so much. Uh, you know, and, and so for her, stress relief is chewing. She loves to play ball, take her to the beach. I mean, when she's not working, and this is a, a huge portion of, when I said I learned a lot about being an effective service dog handler from Brenda, yeah. their be a dog time is crucial. We don't work 24-7, so why would we expect them to? We need to have the opportunity to give them the mental enrichment and the time to be a dog and just do all of that stuff. What you're saying is making perfect sense to me. I think I have ignorance to the world because what you just described is so in contrast with everything I've seen from service dogs where they're composed when they're working. And it makes sense. Of course they're going to be dogs when they're not on duty, per se. 
but it, I, it's it's something else to picture. <laughs> well, what I've seen of Ty so far, running around and shredding things, and well, actually, uh, my wife and I have talked about it on Tuesday for my presentation at the conference. We're actually contemplating closing all the doors, taking her out of vest, and saying go play. And for everyone who will have spent two days watching her, the contrast will leave an image in their mind that they, they perfectly. I'll give you an example. We had people over for Christmas Eve or, you know, during the holiday season one time, you know, finger food and whatnot, a little, little soiree. And they're used to seeing Ty just curled up or, or plodding along or at the heel, loose leash, walking along, just, you know, doing her thing. So we actually had several dogs at the house, including Brenda and uh, Noble was there. And Noble's out of harness and Ty's out of vest. And we have one of those half walls that separates our living room and our dining room. And at one point, when these two decided to get it on and play chase, Brenda didn't get to see it. She only got to hear about it. And everybody else was laughing their various parts of their anatomy off because... The two of them were chasing each other, and they vaulted over this four-foot wall, you know, on the, on the dead run. Just, like, people would look at it and go, did I just see that? Like, was that them? It was like, yeah, that, I, like, it's such a contrast yeah. that, you know, and which, begs a, which begs another really important thing. And we, we sometimes get approached with this. You know, well, I think my dog could be a service dog. Okay. Earlier in the interview, we talked about the Courthouse Dogs Seminar. Yes, okay. yes. That seminar was in Toronto. We live in Halifax. And the day before the conference was our travel day. So when people say, you know, I think my dog could be a service dog, okay, maybe they could. But this is a day, a working day, for what happened that day. Get up in the morning, 7 o'clock, you know, the alarm clock goes off. Have your morning coffee. Get the puppies fluffed, buffed, walked, watered, all that good stuff. Load the stuff into the car, get the luggage in the car, get the dogs in the car, drive out to the Halifax airport. That's about a 45-minute drive. Park into the airport, deal with the luggage, up and down through the airport, through security, you know, which is always uh, which is always kind of fun because you just know with the, the metal on their vest that they're going to make the thing ring. Yes. It's kind of fun. But anyway, so from there, an hour and a half in the, uh, the departures lounge because you always got to show up early for your flight because of the service animals and et cetera. So then we flew, landed on in Montreal, had a half hour on the ground, still curled up in the plane at our feet because that's where they fly. Then flew into Toronto, Billy Bishop Airport. If you've flown in there, it's always mayhem and chaos. Then you get to take the little ferry across. Then you grab the tram steamer downtown. Then we walk through downtown Toronto, dragging our luggage off to the hotel, fluffed, buffed, water supper, walked back to the Sky Dome, watched a ball game. You know, two and a half hours curled up at our feet at the Sky Dome, left there with 30,000 of our closest friends and walked back to the hotel. So how are you doing? <laughs> I'm exhausted. Everything you just said to okay. me has got me wiped. Exactly. Yeah. But that, that was their day. Yeah. You know, and now, do we do that every day? No. But there are days that that happens, and they are up to the ability. Mm. People will see us because you're on the airplane and they fly at your feet. Yeah. So here we are. We uh, obviously, you know, those requiring assistance or traveling with small kids or, or furry friends, I think they should amend it. We do the early boarding. Sure. So we get on the airplane and we'll be sitting there, sitting in our seats. And people that have seen us go on, they go like, what'd you do with the dog? <laughs> and you point down at, and they're like, 
Holy crap, they're curled yeah, up in that little they, space down there? You can't believe it. It's like, yeah, they're going to be there all flight? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the ability to stay curled up under a table for three hours for a dog, is it's a skill. It is an acquired, trained skill. Well, but the training has got to be so specific with these animals. I, I watched, as you said, go play a moment ago when you were talking about maybe planning to do that during your session on Tuesday. So I was watching Ty. Reader. No, there was nothing. There was nothing. See, I can't say the word walk in front of my dogs without them going buggy. So, but the fact that Ty didn't react at all when you said that what I assume is the command for you're off duty for a minute, that's impressive. Is it the vest? Vest. Yeah. Um, in fact, we'll be upstairs. I'll walk downstairs and I'll, uh, I'll holler at her. Uh, and the command will be, let's go work it. Get dressed. Because get dressed is get into the vest. And it's like flipping that little light switch sometimes. She comes running downstairs and her tail's wagging. She's all excited. Like, it's almost like Chip and Dale, the rescue ranger. Woohoo! Yeah, we're going to yeah. go. We're going to go. We're going to go. Put them in the vest. Done. They're going. Wow. And just this interview has convinced me that we're going to have to show the people. Oh, here goes. Stretch time. <laughs> we're going to have to show the people at the conference what the other side. I think they would find it fascinating. Because it really does make that point that the training that goes into them for them to be able to do the things and it's the exposure you know yesterday we were at a motorcycle rally with 1200 motorcycles and when they all lit it up and started up a lot of noise doesn't matter nothing nothing nada i feel like we could talk for another hour but i have two last questions so you described that ty senses it's the scent and the pheromones very much so but that's specific to you if I had anxiety and began having stress, Ty is trained to not care about the no, sense. No, uh, actually, off of me? she will rat out other people. Oh, we, <laughs> we 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 call it getting busted by the dog. Okay, she has busted out other people. Yeah, and in fact, there have been people where that announcement. Hey, buddy. Is Ty sensing that you are having... We just... Um, good girl. Yeah, so she will rat out others. It's happened. Ty, yeah. We Ty. Could, if... No, 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 it's fine. Okay. Easy. Girl. Yeah, she, she will... Yeah. Uh, she will rat out other people. It's happened. Okay. Um, would you like to pause? Yeah, I'm going to go for just a quick walk for a sec. I'm going to go to the, ba- the wash. Okay. Welcome back to Animal's Voice Podcast. In the middle of our discussion and our interview just now, entirely related to what Ty does for you, Ty did what she does for you. She removed you from a situation where you were having a I don't, this sounds glib saying it like this, saying you were having a moment. You were having an episode, is that fair to say? What's, what's the terminology I, I should I, use I, there? Well, you know, each person I think has different views of what they, uh, they want to call it or what they... The phraseology, is it an episode? I guess so. My wife and I uh, just kind of, yeah, I was having a moment. I guess we try and slow it down a little. Easy. Good girl. Just so that I can put it into context and keep it a moment and not an episode. Got it. Okay. Go ahead. So you talked about the three different areas that you've been dealing with. Initially, there was wanting to assist other veterans what about the others you said then you talked about first responders and now children 
what is your vision? And I don't know because it seems to have been growing so quickly. You, you maybe didn't know where this was going to go. What, what is your vision for this organization in the future? The organization in the future, uh, you know, once the national standards are both developed and adopted because each of the provinces has to make a decision to sign on to and incorporate. Now, some of the standard provinces are currently using ADI, Assistance Dogs International, as their de facto standard. We're not exactly sure what's going to come out of CGSB. So development and adoption of a national standard, obviously very important. The efficacy study, because we've seen such positive results with our other veterans, I think development of best practices is, is probably the next best thing. We've, we've been continuing to fundraise and advocate, and we will continue to do that. Um, one of the pieces of the puzzle that's missing on the East Coast is we don't have an ADI-accredited PTSD dog facility. So our goal is to establish that with a bread-for-purpose program and positive training methodology are the next steps. Okay. Listen, I appreciate your time so much today, Coos. It's been such a pleasure meeting you. I feel like we could have talked another hour, but I also know Ty is not going to allow that. <laughs> yeah, she's starting to get a little, a little you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting easy, girl. You know, it's easy. It's part of the, you know, but again, talking dogs, uh, yeah, love, you know, for me it's, uh, hey, it is a way of life. Is there a website our listeners can visit to learn more? www.pawsforthought.com. There's also donate links there. And on social media, Pause for Thought, we do a lot of updates there. A lot of dogs, if you can imagine, a lot of dog-related stuff. And, and primarily service dog, but sometimes there are other things, you know, if it has to do with training or obedience or, or whatever. Um, you know, those are all parts of our, uh, indirectly parts of what we're doing. So yeah, It's all part of your wheelhouse. It's all part of our wheelhouse. And if, if it has to do with dogs, we... All right. Well, listen, we're going to close things down. I appreciate so much your time. Thank you. And thank you so much to the listeners of Animals Voice Podcast for listening to this very important broadcast today. Until next time, we'll catch you later. Thank you. Oh, yes. I, okay. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Animals Voice Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and at our website, ontariospca.ca. Animals Voice Podcast is a production of the Ontario SPCA. The Society would like to thank all of our supporters. Together, we are the Animals Voice. <laughs>